Hey y'all, it is me, Cicely Renee, aka the Bougie Black Blogger, and we are here with another podcast on bougie behavior, designing a life that we love. And on this show, you get to hear from really amazing entrepreneurs or artists, creatives, mothers, all of the above, and just hear their story and how they manage to get to where they're at right now. Um, today we are talking to a young lady, a radio host and media personality, um, and she's going to talk about her journey, what she's working on, um, and I'm super excited to have her on the show. Um, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Sonic Caves. I am a Nigerian American residing in New York City, Bronx to be exact. I am the co-host of Afro Flavor Radio, the first Afrobeats radio show in New York City. I am also a former reality TV show. I am a social media manager. I am a former model. I the list goes on. <laughs> to be very honest. Well, that's awesome. That's really dope. Um, so the first Afrobeats in New York, tell me a little bit about how you got started in, in that. Okay, so as everyone knows, if they're into music, Afrobeats is a genre that is growing. It is exploding in the music atmospheres. It is being, it's just basically bringing a different kind of element to music right now. And we partner, me and my co-host, DJ John Quick. He is actually the creator of the show. He contacted me one day and he said, you know what? I know that you love Afrobeats. You're actually the person that introduced me to this genre many years ago. I am thinking of pitching this type of show to 107.5 WBLS, which is the top 10 urban station in New York City and the top 10 in America. And so I said, okay, cool. You know, let me, I love the, the genre. It's my background. I'm Nigerian. So let's give it a shot. So I went up to the station we recorded some demos with our producer, Chris McCardo, and they loved the demos. They picked up the show. And then about maybe three months after doing the demo, we got a start date of June 1st, 2019, and we've been on air ever since. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's so Thank dope. you so much. Yes. So a lot of people see the big things that we do, but they don't really see the process or the journey of getting to this point. Let's go back to like, where are you from? Like, were you born in New York? Tell me a little bit about your history. Okay, so although I say Nigerian-American, um, I'm full Nigerian. My parents are Nigerian. I'm full Nigerian. Just that since I was raised in America, I have to, you know, put in the place that I was actually raised. That's why I say a Nigerian-American. However, um, I grew up in the Washington, D.C., Maryland area. I was there from, a, um, I was there up until the age of, I believe, maybe, maybe like 10 and then, um, I'm sorry, DC up until like maybe 10 years old. And then we moved to Maryland and I was in Maryland up until about 2014 when I left and came to New York City to pursue my version of the all-American dream. And it has been a roller coaster ever since. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So this American dream, I'm an English teacher. 
we do a whole unit on the American dream and it is definitely not easy, but it definitely Mm -mm. is well worth it. Like what you put into this, um, you seem like a very like motivated and resilient young lady. So let's talk about how you found the motivation to live this life, go forth and like go move to New York. Did you even have family or friends there or you just started from scratch? Well, my story is a very interesting one. I actually have a YouTube video on this actually. Um, So I used to come back and forth to Maryland, from Maryland to New York City from I believe 2009 up until I moved here. And it's because I was modeling. So I started modeling when I was at the age of 16. I was scouted in the mall by an agency and I started modeling back then. And when I got, I think when I was maybe 19 or so, I started coming back and forth. I don't know what age I was to be very honest, but I kept on coming back and forth to New York City to just see what was going on out here and if I can really actually become a model. So I got signed to MMG in New York City and they were constantly saying like, hey, you know, we have this gig for you, we have that gig for you, but I was always in Maryland. So I used to lose out on those opportunities. So one day I was on the bus coming up to New York City actually for a music video with 50 Cent. So I, that's the day I met 50 Cent. And, and then when through I was- that, I met another person who basically became one of my close friends. And when I decided to move here officially, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a place to live or anything. I had an opportunity to come here and be a stylist assistant for Century 21 department stores, which is a huge department store in New York City. And I was like, you know what, let me just come up here and do that. And I got, basically it was a freelance role. That's why I don't say it was like a job job. It was a freelance role. So I came here and I ended up sleeping on her couch for about three or four months while I saved up every single dollar that I could, you know, muster up. And then I finally was able to get an apartment with like five roommates. (laughs) And um, that was my situation for about two years. And then I eventually moved to the Bronx into my own one bedroom apartment. That's awesome. That's so cool. And like that, you literally had to step out of your comfort zone. And I don't know, like sleeping off of those couches, like that's, that's, that's real. And that, like I'm glad it's paying off and I know that there's probably gonna be so much more from you know just the sacrifice and just stepping out of your comfort zone and yeah, you know want to do um what you have a quote that you have on your website where it says bloom where you are planted and I just absolutely love that quote um can you give me a little bit Um, some insight on like what you mean by that and how it has played Mm -hmm. out in your life well one day I came across this quote and it really resonated with me like everything that I feel like I used to say when I was a kid life is like a box of chocolate you never know what you're going to get and then I used to say the rose that grew from concrete and then one day when I came across that quote, it felt like it, everything, all the quotes that I've said since I was a kid resonated in that quote because it's still blooming like a rose, but it's still blooming where, wherever God placed you. And you never know what you're going to get because you don't choose the life that you have. You don't know the family you're going to be, you're, you're going to be born into. So when I saw that quote, it resonated with me because a lot of people 
get stuck in their situations or their circumstances and, they, and it, it makes it debilitates them and it makes them feel like because I was born in this situation, because I was born in this type of country or this type of family, I can't do certain things. And that quote to me says that no matter where you are in this world, no matter where you've been planted, where you've been rooted, you can still bloom. You can still do something with your life. You can still be that rose that grew from concrete. Mm -hmm. So I try to always emphasize that. I try to always live by that because I've seen a lot of things. I, I'm coming from a homeless background. So mm -hmm. I've experienced homelessness. So like if I can go from being a homeless person to then being on TV to then being in national and international ads to then being on the radio, there's no telling what you and you and you can do. So that's why bloom where you are planted is, is my life quote. I love it. Um, so you said that you experienced homelessness. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? And no, it's a part of my story. I do not mind. it. <laughs> so, um, my, I'm a, uh, I have five, four siblings. It's me and four siblings with my mother. She's a single parent. And so in 99, uh, we had a situation where my dad, he left and my mother was used to being, she was a mom. She wasn't used to, at that time, you know, a mom was someone who wasn't really necessarily the person bringing home the bacon. So not taken away from any mom that does, but back then in the nineties, you know, it was either partnerships or the man was usually the one that brought home majority of the income to be able to provide and do the overhead. Or um, if that's not your situation, I'm sorry, but I'm only talking about mine. <laughs> so um, my mom just wasn't used to always having to be the one to provide for everything. So when my father left, it was very hard for her. It was very hard to go from, you know, just taking care of small bills to then expanding to now having to take care of everything from everything for us, everything the house needs to the overhead. So we, she fell back on some bills and eventually we were evicted from our three bedroom apartment in Maryland and we were homeless. We were homeless for almost a year, I would say. And it was a very, very tough situation because this woman who was a foreigner, my mother is a generation, she's not, uh, she doesn't, she doesn't come from a long line of Nigerians in America. She was the first, you know, Nigerian from her family to migrate to America. So her being a single mother with five children without any assistance was just very, very hard. So we fell on hard times and I was, um, we were on the, I wouldn't say we were on the street, but we, there were situations where we had to sometimes sleep in the car. There were some times where we had to sleep in different um, religious houses, like the mosque and things like that. There were some times where we had to stay at someone's house for a couple of days. And it was a very tough time because, you know, nothing was stable. You didn't know what you would eat. You didn't know, you know, what sometimes I wouldn't know what I would wear the next day. So I would sometimes wear the same outfits three or four times a week and hope that no one noticed because I didn't have access to all of my clothes because once, once you get evicted, you know, I don't know if you know how that goes, but they throw everything out. So you can only grab what you can. Yeah, so that situation really at the time going through it, it was very hard. It was very sad, but it has now made me be able to stay on someone's couch for three to four months and not think twice about it because right. I used to sleep on the floor sometimes. Or I sleep in a car. So sleeping on the couch 
is like a luxury <laughs> because I'm under somebody's roof. And I, and I know that if I can get through homelessness, I'm going to definitely get through this couch situation. I'm going to definitely get through these five roommates. And I'm going to definitely get into my own place. And yeah. I was able to do. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you remember like any, like, I know you said it was challenging, but like, how did you hold on to like hope and like, this is not going to last forever. Like, did those thoughts go through your mind? Do you remember that or not? Yeah, I remember thinking of, uh, and if anyone in a bad situation, if they will ask themselves, why me? Yeah. Why am I going through this? Why my family? Why was I born into this family? Like, you know, you're, of course, you'll ask yourself those type of questions. But I, I remember there's always something that I tell people whenever I tell the story that no matter what I was going through, I always believed that this wasn't the end. And I always used to pray may God turn my rags into riches. That was a daily prayer that I used to pray when I was a child going through that situation. And I didn't know what riches were. I didn't know when the time would come, but I just knew that the God in heaven would not allow this to just be the end of my story. So I used to always just put my faith into the prayer that God makes my God turn my rags into riches. And Although I'm not like balling out of control right now, I can definitely say that God has turned my rags into riches. No, that's right. And right now is a key word, not balling out of control right now. Coming soon <laughs> to a theater near Coming soon. <laughs> Coming soon. No, definitely. Okay, so then um, what, how do you, do you work with young people or other people to help motivate them to see beyond their, um, their world right now. Yeah. So I have not had the opportunity to get with an actual program. I volunteered my time to speak at certain conferences where I have spoken to other women. And I did do a conference where I spoke to girls, but I don't have an affiliation with an organization where, you know, they call me to come in, but I would love to do that. I definitely would love to have a platform or to have a, a organization where I can come and talk to homeless women or talk to battered women or, or talk to homeless children or, the, or the, the, the children of homeless people because I feel like I have the reason why I went through what I went through is because I'm going to have a story to tell. My story will move mountains. My test has turned into testimony. And I want to be able to share that with other people because I know that there's people that have worse situations than I do and things of that nature, but it's my situation that I know has been able to push me out of the darkest times. And so I know if, I, if I'm able to just share that with other people, there's going to be one person listening that maybe my story will help them change their perspective. So if you know anyone who I can contact to be a part of their organization or to talk to their students or their, their, you know, their, if they have a troop or whatever, I am 100% down. I love it. Y'all hear that? So if y'all need an amazing young woman to come speak, make sure you go follow her. Miss Oh Yes. So real quick, I know um, support is huge. And I know a lot of us, I believe a lot of women, uh, Black women have a hard time like reaching out and just getting that support. 
or just even having it there. Did you have that with your family and your friends? I know you had your friend that allowed you to sleep on the couch, but like, what did your support system look like? Honestly, it's a toughie. I don't have a very strong support system. I know that online, if you do follow me or if you will follow me, it seems like, oh, everyone, when I post, I guess I get great comments when, you know, like it, 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 like, you know, it seems like there's a lot of people who are down for me, but in my real life, I have had to be my own support system and God has been my support system. Now I have a wonderful, wonderful man in my life that is the best when it comes to support. And I thank God every day for him. Yeah. But family and friends, I would say that it's, it hasn't been as supportive as I would have liked, you know, growing up or moving to New York city and things like that. But there have been people in my life who have, you know, made sure that they were there for me, but I haven't had like, I don't have a, I don't have a group. I don't have a group chat. I'm not the type of girl to have a group chat. I don't have the, the posse. I don't have the click. Like I, I, I've never had that. And my family, um, they're all over the world. So they, they're not necessarily always checking on me and my behalf but my mother is special and she's definitely there for me as much as she can be but um if you come from if you're a foreigner it's it you can get you can get the one or two things one you can get the the family that's like they're everybody's all in everyone loves supports everyone's checking on everybody and then you can get the very like type of upbringing where not a lot of emotion was really spoke of on like we we really didn't show a lot of emotion and there wasn't really a lot of support and things like that so i believe because of the situation with the homelessness and the and the childhood trauma i think that that's what didn't really make my family as close as they should have been okay and that's real um and so like what advice would you give to someone like in your shoes on to continue moving and progressing even without like the strongest support system? It's a battle to be very honest. It's not something where I can just say, you gotta believe in yourself because yeah. that is ultimately what you have to do, but it is the battle. It's a challenge that you have to every single day believe that you are deserving of more. Even if it feels tough, even if you don't want to get out of bed, even if you've gotten multiple no's and you're still waiting for that yes, you have to believe that you are deserving. So whether that's, you know, still researching your craft, still understanding what it is that you're supposed to be doing with your life, still reaching out to people that you feel like can help you, still talking to God every single day, you have to do what's going to push you, even if it's just a foot in front of you because people are like you gotta you, know, you gotta keep on trucking you gotta you know sometimes people can't even make it out of a room yeah. because they're so debilitated so like even if you can just do something to just get yourself out of the bed or get yourself out the room or get yourself out the house those little little steps first then allow you to be able to change your mindset so that if you tell yourself, go do this right now, doesn't matter if anybody says no, doesn't matter, 
you'll be so equipped with all that, that, that underlying training that you've had to do, because I'm talking on people who have been depressed. I'm talking about people who have, who have um, bipolar issues. I'm talking about people who they're not always as strong as they need to be. This is to you. You have to just do those tiny, tiny things first before you can take a leap of faith and before you can really believe that you can do everything that you put your mind to. Because every time I hear people talk about what you can do for someone, they're like, oh, you got to jump up and you got to, I'm like, uh, some people can't even, you know, some people just can't even move a little bit. So I would just say for anyone listening, start with the baby steps, start with the, start with the changing of your mind and believing in yourself. And then everything else will kind of just start to fall into place. Yeah, most definitely. And like what you said, bloom where you are planted, there's seeds, Mm -hmm. there's seeds inside of us and we got to water that daily and just be able to spread that for other people. Um, Yes. 100%. 100 percent. it's not always easy no never not always easy that is the truth it's just oh, it definitely is not easy um so so what are you working on now Clark, so, right now i am so right now i am the social media manager for about six accounts on social media so we do everything from google my business revamping to instagram to facebook and things of that nature because i come from a fortune 500 background where i learned all of these ways to boost your website and to help your social media page while while working for companies such as l'oreal and mac and estee lauder and origin skincare and things like that so i left corporate america in december and i started to do full-time social media management for smaller businesses because i just felt like a lot of people aren't growing or not as successful in their e-commerce business because they don't have the tools. They don't actually know what it takes. It's not just posting a picture and getting off Instagram and thinking that you're going to become successful. It's actually creating good content. It's engaging with followers. It's knowing your target market. It's things like that. So that is my core business at this time, but I will also be creating an e-commerce store for frugal fashionistas such as myself mm-hmm. that enjoy looking like a million bucks but their outfit costs less than 100 sometimes less than 60 so i will be creating um a costume jewelry site where you can come on there and find really good unique pieces for 15 20 30 40 dollars yeah that's awesome that's awesome so how can people support you you can support me by checking out my website. <laughs> so definitely go to sonakibs.com. That's S-A-N-A-K-I-B-Z.com. You can also support me by coming to my e-commerce jewelry store once it launches July 15th. Um, and if this podcast comes out after that, then you know it's that means it's live and you guys can come <laughs> check it out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just support that and follow me on social media at Sonic Keys. Awesome, awesome. Okay, before we get off of this podcast, is there like a challenge or 
something you want the listeners to do either like daily or weekly, monthly, as far as it relates to blooming where you're planted or designing a life that you love? I have three tips, actually. <laughs> I don't know if that's out of the norm, but as, as you were talking, three things came to my mind. Um, something that you can do daily is you can pray. Mm-hmm. You can pray daily. Something that you can do weekly is just take some time to focus on some type of physical fitness, whether that be stretching, whether that be walking up and down the steps or outside, slight jogging, um, because health is wealth. And if you are not here to enjoy the fruits of your labor, then why are you doing what you're doing? And the last tip that I would say is a monthly or yearly tip that you can do is write a letter to yourself with all the things that all the emotions and feelings from either that month or that year. And just so you can look back on it and see if you've progressed from a year ago or a month ago. And to also be able to get into the habit of speaking out your feelings and your emotions. Because sometimes, especially us as Black people, we tend to bottle everything up because it's not okay, supposedly, to feel show weakness or to say that you have a, a mental health issue or to feel like you need therapy. So sometimes just writing out things and you can just look at your words kind of helps you to release some of that anxiety or those fears and things of that nature. So I would say that those tips are very useful because they're things that I do and they have greatly enriched and changed my life. That is awesome. Most definitely. And I'm all about all of that. And it, I am, you know, this COVID quarantine has been a blessing and a curse. Um, and I just, like, it's given me time to focus mentally, emotionally, and I feel like, mm-hmm. like I'm in a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, most definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for what you're doing to push this movement and to just help other people understand that you are not alone in this world. If you feel sad or anxious or feel like you're not moving with your life, you're not alone, especially during Corona. Cause some people are just like, they're so emotional and so like they have so much anxiety about what's going to happen in the future, but nobody knows. So we're all in the same boat. Don't think that you're alone. Right. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And I'll make sure everybody has all your contact information. So you guys make sure you follow her Instagram, go to her website, support her business. Um, And if you need a speaker, make sure you holler at her. Um, Yes. Please do. Yeah. Thank you.